0: Oi! Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, the general topic podcast that takes a topic each week and as the name suggests, cast views. Now, this one, I've been looking forward to this episode for two reasons. One, because I've got J and K with me from Fuck My Work Life. So hi to the two of you. Hello. What's going on? I've been looking forward to this. It's always um, it's always a good laugh with you two. <laughs> Both during and either side of the recording. So, uh, but also the subject. This was one of those subjects. I think I've touched upon it in a previous previous episode, and it's one of those ones that's fascinated me previously. And I thought, well, do you know what? I've had you two I think the the, the times you've been on before have been for some sort of sillyish or, or funny episodes. Now, this, I think, there's. there's, there's I'm not saying that this is going to be a really dry and serious episode, but sort of do something a little different for the two of you, but. Kinda. before we get stuck into that, how are the two of you?
1: We're good. Good. We're on a little bit of a break right now, so it feels a little bit weird to be recording because we're not... (laughs) Because it's been a while. It's been a while, but happy to be here.
0: Yeah. It's the best kind of recording, isn't it? The recording and then just switch off at the end of the, the recording and that's it you don't have to do anything <laughs>
1: exactly yep
0: as if anyone out there wants me as a guest yeah you'll, you'll help me get take a bit of workload off me so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as you said so I just you know what I'm lost all sort of track of time I think this will go out in a few weeks so as you said yeah you're, you're on a you're on a bit of a break at the moment but um it'll be season five when you come back right
1: I think, six. I think so. <laughs>
0: six i, have no six? Idea. I don't six. know
1: whatever pick a number any number <laughs> it's the next season
0: <laughs> yeah if you haven't if you're not ready yeah go subscribe to to joe and Kay. I, I know i keep i think i've said it before when when you're on some of the stories you get and some of the the scenarios people have been in I notice I'm literally shaking my head when I'm listening to some of your episodes about <laughs> what goes on. It's brilliant! It's brilliant.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty nuts. The things people uh deal with. <laughs> yeah. In their job, it's crazy.
0: Deal with slash do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I I guess as long as there are workplaces and people, there's always stories, right? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we will tell you what. Let's hear from. Antonio and Diane over at the Milf and Me podcast, and then we'll get stuck into our episode.
1: Face it, dating sucked in your 20s, gets worse in your 30s, and your 40s, forget it.
0: It's a cesspool out there, and we're your flotation device.
1: Join us weekly for saucy chat, ridiculous love gurus, and Milf-worthy fun to spice up your life.
2: The Milf, Milf and Me
1: podcast. Me podcast. Every Wednesday on your favorite pod platform. And the milfandmepod.com The Milf, Milf and, and Me podcast. Me podcast.
0: So I've got you on to talk about reincarnation slash past lives, slash, I know it's probably got a load of other terms, but kind of wanted first just to throw, throw it over to you and say what's your view, recollection, memory? And I, I made a joke about it before, I said when I ask you for your memories on it, I mean if you have if you have got a past life, brilliant, yeah, reveal all here and hopefully I've got a scoop. <laughs> yeah, just w- what is your view on that whole phenomenon for want of a better word? do you want me to go um, first? Or
1: you yeah, go? go for it. Okay. Like my first kind of recollection of hearing about, you know, reincarnation and past lives was in the 80s when Shirley MacLaine came out with her book. And I think it later turned into a series called Out on a Limb. And my parents got way into it. So kind of through them, they started doing all of this, like reading and researching and like delving into the whole like past lives and reincarnation. You know, I was a small kid at the time, so I didn't really quite understand it, but it always kind of stuck with me. And I didn't, I, like my parents were kind of born again Christians very briefly in the early, early 80s. But other than that, I didn't really grow up with any sort of like traditional religion Um, But for me, the idea of like reincarnation and kind of our souls coming back in different iterations over and over again kind of makes the most sense out of any other kind of theological theory. Um, I don't know. I just I I find it very fascinating. But that's kind of like my first recollection is like Shirley MacLaine and my parents getting way into it in the 80s.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I heard about it when I was a little kid, you know, I think, I think all little kids hear about it at, at some point, like get asked the question, if you were reincarnated, what would you want to be? And yeah. And I think when I was a kid, I would want to be like a bird because I, (laughs) because I wanted to fly. (laughs) But now that I'm older, I want to be a house cat (laughs) because that is like scream when you want food and sleep.
1: Yeah. Get and, pets.
2: <laughs> yeah, get pets and toys and sleep. Just chill.
1: I feel like that's something you really Yeah, you really have to like work up and like pay your dues through multiple lives yeah, to reach yeah, yeah. house cat status, I yeah. think.
2: <laughs> I think that's a that's a, a very old souls yeah. <laughs> uh
0: <laughs>
2: reward.
1: Yeah.
2: Is becoming know, a about, house cat.
0: Yeah. Well I was gonna say without wanting to sound morbid, I'll think you the way the way life's going and the world's going, I'm like, when I'm gone I, I kind of want it to be that. Let me let me let me rest after that. I'm not sure I wanna to, wanna to right. see what happens. Yeah. But it's interesting what you said about the whole religion thing. So I did sort of looked it up and, and reincarnation has got its roots in philosophical and religious beliefs. I think it's in yeah, Hindu Buddhism as Sikhism believe in reincarnation and I kind of get that because obviously a lot of religions have got their version of the afterlife so whereas we you know or Christians or Catholics whatever say they go on to somewhere better hopefully afterwards this belief is that that yeah is that you come back now my main recollection of it is as a as a kid probably in the 80s and 90s now I kind of joke about it maybe it's just I don't look at those sort of websites now or or those we've got so many more programs because now you know back in the day in england we only had really four main channels and the what's the word the, the paranormal stuff the, the the world of the unexplained felt like a much more entertaining subject then do you think it's a lesser thing now things like this the whole unexplained and the whole reincarnation um, scenario
1: i think you know, obviously, through all of our experiences, the 80s, it kind of blew up. And I think it became kind of mainstream in the 80s. And it was also mainstream to kind of make fun of it, I think. But it was kind of in everybody's mind. It was kind of the butt of a lot of jokes back then. And I think I think now it's definitely still around, but I don't think people talk about it quite as much. Or it's just become a little bit more acceptive as a a belief that it doesn't get brought up as much because it isn't kind of like the butt of jokes or people making fun of like the past life regressions and that kind of stuff. So
0: I don't know. It's a difficult one to explain because I sometimes can't get the words out. I've got the thoughts, but it's about getting the <laughs> the, the words out properly. I just wonder if as kids maybe we're more or so, uh, you know, when we're younger, we're more susceptible to hearing these stories and being fascinated by them and Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's a, a specific age bracket where, like I said, maybe as we get older, we get a bit more jaded and and from the majority of us, we just put it aside and rule it out straight away and just think, oh, there's someone else that's uh, lying or making a story.
2: I think even nowadays, kids are still fascinated by this, you know, I, because you're very impressionable when you're a kid, you know, you, you believe what people tell you because you don't have that you don't have it in your head to doubt you know you don't have mm-hmm. that doubt that is just driven into you as you're an adult to question everything so it it's it's much more fascinating for kids and also i think like nowadays we as society has evolved and technology has evolved we have people who can who can fake this stuff really really easy and make it look really believable about this stuff and and you even have to question it even more you know and i think i think kids are probably still fascinated by this stuff but i think they they receive that question everything that doubt probably at a younger age than what we did growing up in the 80s and 90s you know we didn't have this kind of technology to you know you you had people we had video cameras but they were very, like, what? what's the word? Rudiment. They were very simple. Yeah. And yeah. it was easy to tell when someone would fake something. You know, it just hadn't, it wasn't there yet. But now
0: it is. Do you not think, though, it's, it's, it maybe be, and I absolutely agree with you. I think as a kid, you are ruled by your imagination uh, because... Yeah. That's kind of really all you have until you go through education and and work. And as we get older, the world of science influences us more as well. And so, you know, science dictates what you can prove. Now, things like this, it comes down to whether at the heart of it you believe what is being told to you, right? Because you can't physically prove this. You can't prove things like this. Yeah, I think it comes down to just... I guess faith, but also your belief system. I mean, I'm always the sort of person. My, I was going to ask you, do you believe in it or not? Now, I always think that it's an odd one because if it was something that was was true, why does it only seem to be certain people that have the recollections? Why, you know, it, it feels still feels like it's a tiny fraction. But I will say all the time that I'm not going to rule it out just because I haven't seen it or done it you know i used to always joke that you know before i went to america i've never seen america but i know it's there you, you know it, it just <laughs> yeah. because i haven't and, and i know that's a bit you know it's a bit of a twee statement but there's a lot of things that we haven't seen like you know the bottom of the ocean we are still not you know certain animals and insects in the in the rainforest in in the ocean that we haven't seen so there's a, a lot we've still got to discover so what do you think do you think there's possibility that something like this is true? Um,
1: yeah, I mean yeah I I think anything is possible and any kind of spiritual belief you have is just based on faith, right? Because there's no proof of any of it. There's really only yeah. the only thing we can prove is scientific things, right? So any sort of religious spiritual belief is all just built on faith and it you just have to like you just have to believe what feels right to you you know um yeah. I I mean I think I think it's possible right like you meet people and you can be like they they haven't been around the block very many times but then you can meet a small child who just has so much just inherent worldly knowledge and you're just like this is an old soul like this this soul's yeah. been around quite a few times you know they've seen a lot so I <clears throat> And that could also just be, you know, just the way people are. Some people are, are inherently just more, uh, I don't want to say smart, but just like um, words are escaping me right now, just more aware of their surroundings yeah. and, and the world yeah. than, than other people are. And that could just be an easy like genetic explanation. But I like to think that, you know, people have been around the block numerous times and. To me, it just seems so much cooler than either you're just dead and gone and nothing, or you're burning in a fiery hell, or, you know, (laughs) living in the clouds, you know, forever.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and and you know what? It's funny, actually, this week, I saw something going around on social media that there is a woman who believes now that basically there's a multiverse, and... When you die, your soul, your essence, whatever you want to describe it as, goes into another version of you in another one of the ones that is still surviving somewhere else. And mm. the thing I like about that, they said that can also explain why we potentially have these little Mandela Mandela effects, because you are in a different universe. And it's so basically you are transferring to another version of yourself, which I find I kind of find that an interesting take on it. I mean, if you've got, you know, if you're going to go into that, you've got to then also believe in like the the parallel universe. But I remember as a kid, I was obsessed with that that thought that there was another version of me that, because this version of me seems to be, you know, making all the wrong decisions as they go along. <laughs> so there is a version of me that has picked the right decisions. And I was always, yeah, I was kind of obsessed with, with that, that there was somewhere, there was someone who'd picked the other other choice.
2: Yeah. 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 I can, I can see that. But I th- I think to, to go off of what you just said, like there is another version of you that, that made the right choice. If you're going to believe in the parallel dimensions, because I've, I've like heard about that stuff and read about it. And if you're going to believe in that. You have to remember that every single decision that you made in your life, there is a version of you that made the opposite decision. So every decision you've come into, there are multiples of you that have made the opposite decision. And so the the number of alternate yous is yeah. in the billions. It Infi- would be in in the, infinite. Yeah, infinite. It, infinite. It would be infinite. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, you know, and that's... Like to go back to your last question, like, do I believe in it? I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think when I ask myself if I believe in it, I overthink it too much (laughs) and like, okay, well, if I believe in that, then, you know, like I have to believe in this and I have to believe in this because this correlates with this and kind of goes together. I would like to believe in it. And, you know, you read about stuff and it's very intriguing It's very, it really gets your curiosity going when you read about these doctors who have studied people who, you know, studied, especially like little children who, you know, remember how they died in their past life. And the doctors go back and they look into it and it's like, this kid was basically telling the truth, you know, like he knows at four years old, this kid knows stuff that he should not know. You know, and so it's very intriguing, but also, I I don't know. It's like that, it's like that, that blind faith versus like scientific studies, you know, like there's, there's, that's always the, the battle, you know, there's the, do you have the blind faith or do you just rely on the science, you know, and it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to just lock down and say yes or no on that, because because I just I just don't know, and if I say yes like like Kay did, then I'm a crackpot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'm fine being I'm 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 me me a crackpot.
0: <laughs> no, care. But, it, but it is interesting, and and like I said, it's kind of an unfair question just to throw it in like a, a forty minute podcast, or whatever. Because deep down, do I think I believe in it? I'm not sure I do, but who am I to say that you should or shouldn't believe in it? Like I said, I don't necessarily, well, I'm not going to say ghosts definitely don't exist because I've never (laughs) seen one, but again, I haven't seen one, so I can't, in my system, and it hasn't been something that's physically proven, so I can't go and say, yeah, it's it's something that's there. Now, okay, going back to you saying about childhood, I grew up in an Italian family, sort of Christian household, so absolutely religion paid a part. God, there's heaven and hell. so. How does that then differ to me saying that there can't be a thing about reincarnation? Because if, like I said, if I believe in a heaven and hell, or if I believe in God or somebody does, then what's to say all these other things? You can't rule one out if you believe in the other is, is I think what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah.
0: Jay, as you were saying, I think the kid element of it is fascinating because it generally always did used to be kids with the stories and it's harder to uh, accuse them of lying or having any ulterior motive for it now the argument has always been that kids minds are more open more susceptible less as say, adults jaded um and so they can be more attuned to these things now that's what i was going to say it did use the majority of the time seem to be kids which always then made me think yeah they can be fed lines they can be told story but you she kind of almost got to believe when we're talking toddlers of the honesty of what they're saying or the or the genuineness genuineness i think that's the word of of <laughs> what they're saying um because with anything you know i've got a few things here we've always we always have the, the people that are out there trying to make a name for themselves by faking things and you know making a mockery of it and there's also, I come up with a few terms. I had a lot of things here. I'm, do you know what? I'm I'm not going to read it all, but there was, there was three things that I saw and I looked them up because I didn't exactly know what they meant. So I looked them up first and then I found out it was interesting. See, They said often with reincarnation, you have something called cryptomnesia, which is where a forgotten, so you've, you've got these memories, you forget them genuinely, and then they come back to you later, but you think there's something new. So they say sometimes most people it might be an element of that. There's something called confabulation, which I thought was a made-up word, but it's not. <laughs> it, it, it's real. And this is where it's called honest lying. So it says where people you don't intend to deceive, so you create false memories which you believe are real because you're trying to tell a story, hmm. and so your your brain goes to filling in the gaps. And something else that comes up, which also people say is another piece of evidence for reincarnation, something called xenoglossy, where you just start speaking another language, which you wouldn't have acquired by natural means. So I think when you throw a few of those things in, there are elements of made up memories or uh, remembered remembered memories. Then it's like, okay, people always used to get, especially with ghosts that they see the ghost of, I don't know, Napoleon or some king Mm -hmm. of England, But it's when, like, the kids or when the people are talking about just ordinary Joe blogs down the road or a couple of states over, when you're like, well, have they gone and researched just a a normal family living in a two-up, two-down house somewhere and remembered every detail of them? That's when I find it odd. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It could be, well, I mean, like with kids, you know, it it could definitely be influence of the parents, like, you know, parents saying... Oh, I want my, my time to shine feeding the kids lines. And, or it could just be a glitch in the matrix, you know, <laughs> with the, the whole like ghosts, like maybe ghosts are just a glitch in the matrix. It's one of those like alternative universes that just kind of statically gets yeah intermingled with ours. Like there, I feel like there's so many crazy explanations for everything and I feel like any of them could be possible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't yeah. like to think the world is just black and white. Like, we're here, we're dead. There's there's nothing else to it. I, I like yeah. to think that there's weird phenomenon and, and ghosts and past lives and all that. It, it just, to me, it makes the world seem more interesting or or life seem more interesting to think that there's a possibility of that kind of stuff out there you were talking about kids just speaking another language randomly my my sister-in-law the one that you met francesca um so you know she's italian born in italy her whole family speaks italian but apparently when she was a very very small child she just started speaking french fluently and still speaks french fluently to this day too and like Her family was like, no, like no idea where this came from. Right. No one in her family spoke French. So, yeah, I don't know how true that is, but like her mom was telling me, yeah, it happens. (laughs) Like, I don't think she's a liar.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty.
1: Francesca's got special powers. It's very. She's (laughs) it's it's, all of this
2: stuff is so intriguing. Like, even if you look at like like whether you believe or not in religion, you look at it and you, you hear about things like you, you read the Bible and you hear some of the stories in the Bible and it's very intriguing. These stories, it really gets your curiosity going. And, and, you know, I think it's just, you know, I think, I think all of this stuff is just a matter of how much you want to believe, how much blind faith are you willing to have on, you know, and, and if you're willing to have, a lot of blind faith and believe in that so be it you know as long as it's not hurting anyone you know it's it's fine i still i don't know i don't know i'm very curious about it i would love to like i would love to know that it's true or it's not true but i just we never will (laughs) i know (laughs) which sucks fucking annoying (laughs) (laughs) i mean gosh darn annoying
0: (laughs)
1: he already said fuck my
0: work life I think it's okay, okay. yeah yeah that's the problem <laughs> with your podcast I've already had to you've got to put the explicit on um yeah no I mean you both said a lot of really good things there in the sense of firstly the whole oh well I, you know when I said that about not being morbid that that's it no I've always said to myself that I always I always think there's got to be you know, after having gone through what I hope is like 80 plus years of life, there's got to be something else after that, right? Otherwise, all I'm here for is literally just to work and yeah. eat, work, sleep. So, you know, there must be something else after that. When it comes to kids, yes, they can be fed a line, but I just always think there's something When I say unnerving, I don't mean necessarily like unsettling, (laughs) but when it's kids doing it, I think I've got to believe them because I I think they, you know, when we talk about really young kids that I don't think they've probably learned how to intentionally deceive people with a story like that. Yeah. Like I said, it's fascinating. And, and Jay, I think, yeah, you couldn't put it better myself in in what you said. It's just about how much faith or blind faith you've got, because, everything now around us especially with technology is so literal isn't it we we see everything we know how to do everything science is explaining everything yeah what's happened to that little bit of belief and Mm -hmm. and yeah just just faith so yeah interesting interesting Have, have you got a couple of examples with you i do i've got one
1: i've got one too but i i do have a a personal little story i want to share dun,
0: dun, dun. <laughs> well, let's, let's start with that then yeah absolutely
1: so like i don't have like i don't have any like past live memories or anything like that but there are there are weird things and again could just be a glitch in the matrix but i i was i was never into drugs never did drugs but i can kind of like recall how certain drugs can affect a person and like the things that happen when you do certain drugs. And like, I don't know where the hell that came from. Like, and this was like, even as I was a teenager and I didn't really know, like the people I was around didn't do drugs, but like, there just certain things like, well, I know like, if you did crack or something, you could get luck jarred. <laughs> just like weird shit like that. And I don't know where it came from. So I'm like, maybe I was a heavy drug user in a past life. I don't know. Um, but I I like to think if reincarnation is a thing that we're kind of tied to the same, souls and people kind of over and over again, um, which is how you can explain, like, you could look across the room at someone you've never met and be like, I'm going to marry that person. And then it, it happens, you know? Um, So I like to think we're all connected. So our little, my sweet little soul dog, Henry, passed away almost two years ago. And like, I don't know, eight months after he passed away. It was uh, like 11. Like, Jay is always, always... Always fighting to get yet another cat. He's always he always wants another cat, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 we don't need any more animals. And so, like eleven months after Henry passed, he was like looking through Pet Finder, and he was like, I saw this cat, and I'm I want to go look at it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just gonna go look. I'm not gonna come home with the cat. And I'm just like, whatever. Okay, I knew he was gonna come home with a cat. <laughs> so he goes he's like do you want to come with me i'm like nope (laughs) so he goes (laughs) 30 minutes later he comes back and he's he's got the cat and i had our other dog
2: tiniest sweetest little baby kitten very cute
1: (laughs) but you know they put them in like the cardboard box with the holes in it when you take them home and i was i was outside on the lawn with our other dog who her and henry were together for 10 plus years you know they were they were a bonded pair And as soon as he got out of the car with this box, she just started pulling, pulling towards that box. And she just started whining and she wanted in that box. And she was just like, and she doesn't really have other cats. She didn't act that way with them. And when we brought her up, when we brought her up to the room, the kitten up to the room upstairs, she was just downstairs barking, barking, barking. like She wanted to get to this cat, which I like, I was like, okay, that's kind of fun. And then instantly the kitten was kind of attached to me even Mm -hmm. though he went and got her and saved her
2: little bitch
1: (laughs) just instantly (laughs) attached to me and she just had very similar mannerisms to my my dog she would do weird little habits that my dog would do like anytime i sat on the couch the dog would go and just sit directly behind me like in between me and the back of the couch and she started doing that so just little little things like that and I was like you know what she's my Henry came back to me and like that just gives whether it's true or not it gives me comfort and yeah, also, absolutely yeah yeah you know that's that's my little my little reincarnation story
0: yeah. <laughs> and but, and actually that just just remind me of something uh Jay what you said earlier absolutely if it's if it's not giving harm to anyone what's wrong in yeah. in in absolutely you, you can you can think that and and, and Kay something you said there right at the start is really interesting about the whole love at first sight thing is maybe could that explain it so yeah you know is it love at 20th sight for you you (laughs) yeah yeah that's kind of a mind bender in itself yeah thinking that so okay so yeah so jay what what story have you bought
2: so i have a story that is actually from india and it took place in the 70s so because i you know like You're, you're looking through, you're perusing through the internet, looking for these stories and, you know, there's stories from like 2010 and 2000 and, and me of my skeptical mind immediately goes, yeah, like too much shit could be looked up on the internet at that time. There's too many ways, there's too many variables that people could BS their way into having people believe this reincarnation story you know there's it's too easy to look up like genealogy and stuff like that and name people that you shouldn't know from 20 years ago you know so i found one from the 70s and it was in uh in like india did did part of india used to be bangladesh or is bangladesh a separate country still i don't know
1: i'm very bad at all that stuff i don't know
2: either way this one is about a woman uh named utara hudar so okay so utara <laughs> Uttara hudar is a woman in india who at the age of 32 her memories and personality abruptly would abruptly change and she would become like someone else it's
1: not
2: multiple and, personality disorder that's so multiple <laughs> personality disorder a lot of the doctor's who looked at her were like, this could be a, this could be a, uh, uh, like a cause for this, Mm -hmm. but I'm not even going to read it. I'm just, cause I read it like 10 times. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this was in the seven, she was born in 1941 and she was born in a little village and you know, her father was like a landowner and a farmer and She went through life. Everything was normal. Like as a kid at an early age, she had a very, like a severe phobia of snakes, but it was only, only like three or four years. She had this crazy phobia of snakes and I've never been to India, but I've heard that there's a lot of snakes in India. So she went through life and she went to school and she got her master's in English and you know worked and then in her in her late 20s she started getting like she just all of a sudden got like eczema and asthma and and a, a unspecified gynecological something <laughs> or other Okay, like it didn't say it just said that's exactly what i said like unspecified gynecological disease so she went to a doctor and the, you know, the doctor started treating her on like an outpatient basis and she started to like switch in her village. They spoke Maharta, which I guess is like an, uh, an, an Indian language. And then all of a sudden one day she started speaking Bengali, which is a completely different language. And she would not, she wouldn't let her father touch her. She wouldn't let her, Her brothers touch her. She started dressing in a a sari and like covering her head in the sari because she believed that she was a Bengali woman who was married to a man. And sometimes she would switch to this person for like a week. Sometimes it would just be two days and sometimes it would be like a full month. And she would not eat the food. She would only eat like Bengali food and And she said that her name was Sharada. And so all these doctors started to come and see her. And and, cause she was in like an inpatient place and she was going through this and, and she felt like there was one point where she felt like the doctor who was treating her was the reincarnation of her husband from the 1820s. She believes wow. she lived in the 1820s, so she would never touch light switches. Any time they would record, she would be like there's a devil in that box. Oh, wow. Get that <laughs> box away from me. She cuz yeah, yeah. cuz all the trains and cars and everything like that, she she was like mesmerized by them because she didn't she didn't know what they were. And so there was one doctor who, you know, was interviewing her as Sharada and was asking her like, okay, you know, what village are you from? And it was a village that was like 600 miles away. And she would, she would, she could like almost map out the village. Like there's this temple here. And then you go down this street and there's this here. And this was the seventies. So there was no Google maps to go look this up. You know, this was all coming from her memory. And so the doctor went to that village and found a man who, who had, the genealogy of that village, but he only had the genealogy of the men. So he found like he found Sharada's father in this genealogy and then just took down names and relationships to this Sharada woman of all these people and then went back and quizzed her on it. And she like got it all right. She could name her great, great grandfather, her great grandfather, grandfather, father, brothers, uncles, like she could name all of it. It was really intriguing because it was, you know, it was in a time when like, how do you fake that? Especially in, in India, like, how do you fake that you're from a village 600 miles away? And, and they had to, like, when she was in the hospital, they had to get bengali speaking doctors to come wow okay come work with her because she, she couldn't speak the language mm. she couldn't speak their language she could only speak bengali and the uttar the other woman <laughs> couldn't speak bengali could only speak i think it's maharta
1: that's almost like a Possession, a past life possession, because right? it's weird that it would just come up as like a whole just other subtlety. personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. It's, it's just crazy, you know. Like she, she knew all this stuff. She could speak this language. She refused to eat their food. She only wanted like the Bengali food, and only you know, it, it was, it was just nuts. Like she completely flipped. So, and and she said that, oh, so when the doctor was in the town. Sorry, I, sh- I should have read this because now I'm bouncing all <laughs> over the place, but it's all good. We'll get through it. When when the doctor went to this uh, uh, town in Bangladesh and was was looking up this, he found notes that a woman had died uh, by the name of Sharada by being bitten on the toe by a king cobra mm.
0: at 24
2: years old right right so so that's it oh and the mother when the mother was pregnant with Utara in the 40s she would wake up with nightmares of being attacked by cobras Ew. and then right. once once Utara was born the nightmare stopped and and then Utara yeah. had the fear of of snakes and then it comes like this woman that she switches to died by snake bite
1: all right, I think this was a crazy possession.
0: <laughs> it's an interesting one because, like, yeah, I, I like what you said about going back to the seventies and doing that because, yeah, it's okay. You could overhear a story of a family, but one, this is six hundred miles away. Two, it's a completely different, like, the religion side. Yeah, and and three, how do you know the whole makeup of a family? The whole genealogy the, of all yeah, the men. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, that's, they didn't do the genealogy of women back then that, you know, because, you know,
1: we're not worth anything.
2: Second class, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just a woman. (laughs) So they couldn't like, they couldn't fact check who her mother was and who this was, you know, they could only fact check what the men were, but yeah. Like, how do you know that? Yeah. Like, how do you come to know that? And, And like just completely speak a different language and forget yeah. your
0: own language yeah 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 it's see- it's it's stories like that that make me want to say, look, there's got to be then something in this because yeah. like you said it's it's not just like she's a kid saying, "Oh, do you remember when we lived in that big house in that foreign country or in the other end of the country where you can be deliberately vague?" you know, there's, there's absolute specific like, Okay. Like you said, it's almost like she did become another woman. She, Mm -hmm. you you know, and Jay, it was interesting how you were talking, referring to the, her as the two separate women.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it really like, that's what intrigues me is like, how do you, how can you explain this away? How can you say that it's, even though I still say, I don't know if I believe in reincarnation, it's very intriguing that, that this story is like, okay, how can you say this is not true? You know, yeah. it is are these are these four or five doctors who work together studying this woman, are they all like just making this up, you know?
1: Well it seems it's it's interesting because I feel like this is combining two things, right? Kind of like past life memories, which like we said, a lot of the stuff we've read, it's like usually comes up in, in children, but this woman was what, in her 20s when it started happening?
2: Yeah, late 20s. Like
1: I almost wonder, it's not called multiple personality disorder, it's like disassociative identity yeah. disorder or something, but I wonder if like that actually happened, but that other alternative personality was ha- was like having the past life. Memories and regret. Like, I don't know. It's very, it's like, it's like there's so many like layers. These two women
2: (laughs) were separated by 150 years. Yeah. You know, like, it's crazy. Utara was in the 1970s and this woman lived in the 1920s and the 1820s. Yeah. You know, in the 1820s, like, did they have electricity? Like, the, the, when, when she would switch to Sharada, she would refuse, like I said, she would, she would not get in cars she wanted to be pulled by a cart like she would ride in carts pulled by horses she would not get in a car because every you know, everything was the devil you know everything was evil <laughs>
0: and that and that's the thing right so you could you can look at that and say oh well if she was playing the character then not using the lights which and not wanting to go in the car that's her getting into character yeah that's a yeah. fair you could call that a fair yeah. criticism or, or a fair accusation however the thing about the snake, yeah, the whole language, and and like I said, even though it was only the men, the genealogy of the men, that I think if you if you've even got one out of five or six male male line there, that's a bloody good um, hit rate yeah. for for yeah. something that was a hundred years ago and six hundred miles away it, it, in an area you've yeah. probably never been to. So, to me, it's when you get those facts like that. I just that's when the brain says, "Look, you know, there's something it's, it's, here." Yeah. yeah. We, we go back again to the fact that because of what it is, there is no way we can never prove this. It's just about whether you believe what someone is saying to you or not. And if you've got facts like that there, you've got to say, well, look, maybe there's something there, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: that's that's a really <laughs> good one.
1: All right. So I've got one. This one, I actually, I've heard a, a couple podcasts on this particular instance, and I, I find this one super Super fascinating. I don't know if either of you have heard of the Pollock twins.
2: Jackson Pollock? Not Jackson Pollock, (laughs) no. (laughs) He had a twin?
1: (laughs) No, not Jackson Pollock. So this actually, um, this is one that took place in the 1950s. So again, no, no internet, no easy way to look stuff up. Um, This happened in Hexham, England. I don't know if you know where that is, Dan.
0: I've heard of it. Yeah, I think I know roughly where. Yeah, yeah.
1: So in the 1950s, um, John and Florence Pollock, uh, they're very devout Catholics, um, and they had six children. So they had four boys, and then they had two girls. And the two girls were the youngest. There was Joanna, who was 11, and Jacqueline, who was six. So one Sunday, the two girls, like a neighborhood friend, came to the door and asked if the two girls could walk to church with them, you know, ahead of the family. And they were like, sure, it's not that far all going to end up at church. So the three small kids go off walking to church when a woman comes by in her car and purposely barrels into all three children and killed both girls instantly. And then the, the neighborhood little boy died um, on the way to the hospital. So she was obviously not in her right mind. She was heavily medicated. And I guess she just had her children taken away from her. So she decided to purposely take someone else's children away from them. And sadly, um, all three little kids died. And of course, John and Florence were devastated, losing their two youngest girls. But then eight months later, um, Florence got pregnant. And even though some of the some of the sources I read said like they only heard one heart, heartbeat during pregnancy, which of course, this is the 1950s. We don't know how sophisticated yeah. those things were then. She ended up giving birth to twin girls. So even though they were just expecting one baby, she had again, two, twins. The other ones weren't twins. Oh, okay. It was one was 11 and one was six. Okay. Um, She had identical twin girls and they named them Jillian and Jennifer. So this is where stuff gets weird. So Jennifer was born with a birthmark that was almost identical to her deceased sister, Jacqueline. And she also had a small kind of second birthmark above her eye where Jacqueline had a scar from getting like hit in the head as a kid or something. And they just kind of chalk that up to coincidence, kind of strange, you know. Uh, But then when the twins were three months old, the family moved away from Hexham to another town. But then as the twins started to get a little older and could start talking, they would start talking about their house in Hexham and the town in Hexham in like great detail. And they were three months when they left. So like they kept talking about it. So the family decided to go take a trip back to Hexham, and as they're driving along these young kids are like oh there's the abbey and then up here is this place and they were like naming landmarks in this town that they had never been to and um they even they even said hey let's go to our let's go to our favorite park which were the girls that were killed's favorite park and they like knew exactly how to get to this park that their two older sisters like loved to play in another some other weird thing so florence had kept both uh, Jillian and Jacqueline—they're all their old toys. She just kind of stored them away because she couldn't bring herself to get rid of them. And like, I guess one of the the twins started asking for a specific toy by name. That was one of the older sisters. So the mom brought the toy box out, and they like knew all the names of the toys that they'd given them, and they had divided them up like each one of their sisters had when they had them. And let's see what else they were also like deathly afraid of cars so if they'd be walking down the street and a car would pass they'd get like anxiety attacks they'd freak out Um, they would have nightmares about car accidents and stuff and these are like young like four four four-year-old kids you know so a lot of just like weird things happening and the dad john was was convinced he's like these twins are our daughters reincarnated they came back to us and the, the mom was very 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 into her Catholicism and so she was like no there's no way it's it's not a thing that happens you know our daughters are in heaven and they almost I think they almost even split up over it so one day Florence heard the two girls in their room playing and they were basically recreating the car accident where they died like one of the Uh twins was cradling the other one saying there's blood coming out of your eyes that's where the car hit you And, like, they were just in there alone. Like, they didn't know their mom was listening. And, like, when she heard that, she was, like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I think this is actually, you know, my two daughters have come back to us. And, yeah, so, like, once they hit, like, five years old, like, all of those kind of memories of basically being Jillian and Jacqueline just kind of started to fade away. And they just became, you know, their own people. But, like, the first five years of their life, like, everything they talked about, all of their memories just completely linked them to like they could explain the or describe their house in their backyard where they lived in Hexham, even though you know they never actually lived there and stuff like yeah. that so i thought that was fascinating there's a whole like i'd suggest going and looking it up because there's a whole lot more i didn't go into but like those were kind of the main points of things where they're like wait a minute this is weird
0: yeah yeah i'll I say that's very really interesting um, and and What I've got in my head about that one is, because again, I've been listening to both your stories and saying, right, what are the bits where people could throw an accusation at? And So the thing is, with certain bits, you could imagine that the accident was obviously traumatic, so maybe relatives are speaking about it, so maybe Mm -hmm. the girls have picked up on a car accident. However, when you start saying about the naming of the toys, that feels like, you know, you wouldn't say, Oh well, this was their favourite toy and this was called this and this was called this and mm-hmm. you you know, I just don't think you would. And also Hexham, I'm not gonna pretend I know it, but I think it's up north and it's not if if I've got it, I don't think it's gonna be a big town. So it's not like they're describing a London or a Manchester or, or mm-hmm. Birmingham or something big, you know. If they're describing anything, it's gonna be a little market town, I reckon. How would yeah, how would they as young young children, how would they know that? Yeah. It, and, and, and something I picked up as well, actually, it, it was in my reading. People are saying that, yeah, birthmarks and et cetera, things like that, some people believe do correlate with wounds that people have had in mm. one of their past lives. So it's just, yeah, that, that's that's that got to be really difficult as a parent as well because you said the parents almost split up um, mm-hmm. because it must be a really, really difficult a conversation and scenario to be around, isn't it?
1: Yeah, especially, you know, the dad was, even though he was also Catholic, he, just seeing everything that happened, he was like, these these are my two daughters reincarnated. Like, they came back to us and the mom was just like, no, there's no way. There's like, it's not possible. So, yeah, until I guess that one thing she heard and sh- it just convinced her. And people Renacting said in
0: the car accident, yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. And, you know, people were like, the parents said they never mentioned what had happened to the older sisters, to the girls, but there were four nice. brothers too. So, you know, maybe they heard some stuff from their brothers, but they were very, very small children. So, to yeah. be able to hear something from their brothers and then remember it and like recite it back, like, oh, yeah. this is how yeah. you get to my favorite park, turn here, go here. You know what I mean? Yes. So-
0: yeah. 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 Yeah, and and that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. There are always elements where somebody could say, "Oh, that's where it falls down." But no, there's too many things in that where you think, "Yeah, if they were in their twenties, it's one thing." But they're not; they're they're children. So you're expecting (laughs) them, as you said, to remember so many details, but also to reenact that scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. Well, the problem I've got now is you two have come with far better stories than (laughs) I have (laughs) in terms of the detail now, because yours. I've been sitting here and. It's weird how, when, when I say it, it's made me feel creepy, I don't mean that they're horrible stories, but it's it's starting to put me back into when I was a kid watching these stories or listening to these stories. And like you said, the, the elements of it that are, believe, when I say believable, the ones that are credible, maybe is what mm-hmm. we should say rather than believable. But no, no, yours, yours are far better. I I picked this story up now. So the reason I say that is there's not much in the way of a huge amount of details about the past life. but. It was just a, an amazing story all round. Now, ironically, mine's from the fifties as well. So we've all picked, <laughs> we've all picked stories from from long ago, which I think and 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 Jay, I, I just keep going back to what you said. Is I think it makes it better for it. It makes
2: mm-hmm. it a little more credible.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And this was a woman called Jenny Cockle. She's actually from Barnet, which is about forty minutes down the road from me. It's, it's North London. It's it's class as North London. So she was born in nineteen fifty three. And from a very early age, so I think from even before the age of four, she started having recurring dreams and memories of being another woman called Mary. And she believed she had died in hospital while giving birth to an eighth child, and she was just 35. So this Jenny was starting to have feelings of guilt, knowing that she'd left eight children behind in in this past life. So As soon as she could pick up a pencil, she was drawing a map of the place where she believed she used to live. She had a feeling it was in Ireland, but couldn't work it out exactly. So she said, I started talking about these memories before I turned four and thought it was what everyone experienced. I had fragments of dozens and dozens of memories, but there were four past lives that came through the strongest and the memories of Mary were the strongest ones of all. I remember feeling so upset at leaving the eight children. There was a sense of wanting to see what happened to them and make sure they were all right. So ultimately, when she got married, that made her want to even more find out what happened. And and it's funny because she describes herself as being sceptical of it. She said it's she didn't really believe it. It was just these strong urges that were coming through. So she got a hypnotist who, under the regression, made her believe even more so that she was the reincarnation of Mary. So she decided to go to Ireland in 1989. So, what? So, yeah, she'd have been 36 then. And sorry, bear in mind, this Mary would have died 23 years before she was even born. So, that, that's important thing to say. So, in the 30s, as soon as she got to Ireland, she said she had, she instantly felt a connection, remembering things about a place called Malahide, which is a suburb in North Dublin, which most looked like the maps from her memories. She said she knew more and could explain more then someone who had never been there before should know. Um, mm. And she said she was walking around talking to people and she noticed things had changed, like the builder's yard being replaced by a supermarket and an old jetty being updated to a nice new concrete one. I knew the house where it was, was grouped with other houses and it was opposite a boggy meadow. And when I walked to where I thought the house was, there was just ruins there. So she had an image of where the house was, but the house was no longer there. So the, the, the curious thing was, again, probably because it was in sort of the 50s to 80s, she didn't know what Mary's surname was. So she started connecting to locals and she found a man who remembered the family who had lived in the ruins where she walked to and they established that her her name was Mary Sutton. And so once she had that, she was then able to track the children that she had orphaned. Now, this is where it gets interesting. She said she did worry about contacting Mary's children because she thought it might do them harm, but she thought, what I will do, contact them and let them make the decision. So she put ads in Irish newspapers. There was an interview with the BBC and she then got to contact with two sons um, separately. So she said she she gave a load of details. They then interviewed the BBC, interviewed the two of the boys. or Well, they're men now because I'll reveal their age. They were in their 60s, which is the irony. So she's younger than her kids. Um <laughs> And from the interview, there were nine pages of information that matched up between what she'd given the BBC and what two men had given. Um, And she said it's key that it's what the key thing to remember here is it was a third party. It wasn't her doing this. So um, she goes, it was less about proving I was reincarnated than it was about what happened to the family. But she said the rest of Mary's family was not so easily convinced. Who was this Jenny? Why was she doing this to the family? They just couldn't believe such a thing would be possible. They'd been brought up as Catholics in complete bewilderment. Phyllis Clinton, Mary's daughter, consulted her priest. And he told her that after hearing the evidence, the only thing he could think of was that it was somehow their mother speaking through Jenny as a way to get back the family. So, and this is why I, I, I sort of chuckled when I said about the, calling them kids, because you've got the person called Christy was seventy-two, Frank was seventy, is seventy-one, and Betty sixty-two, and they had a brother who died at sixty-six. So these are all, like I said, they're all like thirty years older than her, right? Thirty to forty yeah. years older. But one of them, she said, um, the Phyllis, the daughter of Phyllis said, she knew the pictures on the wall that were in the house. She knew how it was built, and I still find it hard to believe, even though I know she is telling the truth. Because I guess what she's saying is, how could this woman know what the ornaments in our house are? She goes, that's why she's saying, I find it hard to believe, even though everything she is saying is being backed up. Um, so she goes, I believe my mum has passed her soul over to this person. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately... I mean, I'm going to skip forward a little bit. They said, whilst not everyone has accepted that reincarnation is the correct answer to her experience, what they are saying is that ultimately, at the very least, this has brought a family back together because all the kids went off and lived in different homes and with different Mm -hmm. parents because they were orphaned. But this woman sort of trying to find her previous family has brought them all back together. So, um, and they vowed they'd never to be apart. Now, she's written a few books on this. Again, like I said, so my my story doesn't have as much sort of the details yours, but I just found it fascinating that it was about a woman from thirty years ago, and her main mission was just to find her kids. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't anything else.
1: So you said she she died during childbirth of the eighth child, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then remembering yeah. things of a house that didn't even exist anymore. So it's not like <laughs> you know, like how would she know the pictures on the wall and stuff?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And she said, uh, sorry, and it was the fact that somebody knew the house that was in ruins and was then able to say, oh yeah, there was a Mary there. It's, yeah. So, and and I think that's what they're saying. I think while while some people saying that, is this really reincarnation or is it spirits? You know, like they said, they, mm-hmm. I think the kids are saying they don't necessarily believe it's her, but the priest and even the kids came to believe that it's a message from their mum. Either way, it's still, yeah, like you said, how she knew certain things in the house were, the map of the area, mm-hmm. uh, certain landmarks in the town where she, she's adamant she'd never been to. You know, she was born in 1950. Okay, she went over in 1989. So we're not talking the medieval times then, but it was still, <laughs> you know, pre most technology yeah. that yeah. we've got now. And, and at four years old, to be having this thing of of childbirth as well feels yeah an odd yeah. Thing, that is very so. weird <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah I, I I know I found that I found it fascinating I'd not heard of that before even though um yeah it's kind of down the road and she like I said she's turned into an author I think she's released four books on it and I think see I saw there was a film made of her it was, but they turned it into an American woman rather than a British woman. And, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh
1: yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So there's a book called yesterday's children. I think that's what the film was called. So um, oh, I think
1: I've heard of that. Yeah.
0: Did you have any, uh, any other examples or any other stories? Or? I mean, I read, I read quite a few stories.
1: There's a lot. I mean, and a lot of them are the same. There's one, I think the one that most people hear about is the little boy who started talking about being a fighter pilot, yeah. in like world war two. And, he knew the name of the plane and the na- the name of the aircraft carrier, the plane took off. Like yeah. he knew at like four years old, all these details. And they went back and fact checked and he was basically, yeah, someone by this name died in a plane crash. And like the well, little that, kid had all of these details. That
2: kid. Like I read the the whole story. I was going to use that story, but I know it's a popular story. Like that kid, he would consider him like at a very young age, he would draw pictures of like, A plane crash and he would sign it James three because and and when his dad would change his diapers, he would tell you, I remember when I used to change your diapers (laughs) because he he was reincarnated as his grandfather
1: yeah see that's people come back to they're always like as as his grandfather
2: and was like i remember when i used to change and and so the james (laughs)
1: gotta be unnerving the james
2: the james (laughs) three was because his name was james his father's name was james and his grandfather's name was james and he would call himself james the third because he was the you you know (laughs) it was it was pretty that one was pretty intriguing
1: yeah that's a good one too I mean, there's tons. There's tons of stories, and or like little kids getting up at three years old and playing a like concerto on the piano with never having a lesson and stuff like that. You know,
0: I think what we can say is that there's definitely things out there that are potentially still unexplained, right? Um, mm -hmm. And 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 you know, I know I've said it a couple of times, but with any story, you can always look at the the weaker points Mm -hmm. but we often or or, not we as in the three of us but we as as humans or skeptical or skeptical humans as well kind of gloss over the more credible side of things don't they
1: yeah
0: I think with all all our stories I mean with mine the fact that the kids even though they're in their 70s the kids were you know, did believe what she was saying because they said mm-hmm. there's stuff she couldn't know. I mean, in in Jay's one again, for me, it's the, the time frame it's in, and the fact that it's 600 miles away, and yeah, that she was a separate person. Yeah. And yeah. and again, Kay, with yours, it's the fact that they are tiny children. So what mm-hmm. merit do they get from trying to pretend that they're someone else? You know, it's yeah, yeah, right. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> one of those subjects where yeah, it's um gonna be thinking about that all night now so <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have
1: some weird dreams tonight
0: <laughs> no it's a it's kind of thing i'm gonna have to go and and like stick i don't know brooklyn 99 or friends on now just to uh, <laughs> yeah. just to chill out yeah um <laughs> No, thank, thank you for coming on. And th- yeah, thanks for bringing really great stories with you. Anything you want to say before you go? So again, do, do you just want to plug because you, you've got a huge catalog, back catalogue anyway of, of your podcast. Do you just want to shout out your socials? and?
1: Yeah, um, you can check us out on any podcast uh, platform at Fuck My Work Life. We have over 100 back back bogged episodes that you can listen to i know most podcasters are like don't listen to our first ones but i kind of like our first one so start at the beginning and work your way through and hopefully we'll be back um in august and we can hit a hit us up on all the socials at fmwlpod
0: yeah. and there's always a, a spot here for you if you've got anything you want to come on here and talk about so always always glad to have you back for me you can get me at castingviewspod@gmail.com and, and at castingviews on twitter oh and i was i was saying last week i was i was editing my previous episode I've got now I've got to talk about threads it just feels just, <laughs> social media now just feels so confusing since the whole last twitter blow up and and yeah. uh, and, and threads so it's like it's now becoming um i'm trying to convince my wife to be my social media um <laughs> expert because it <laughs> yeah. feels like it feels like it is that needs to be a full-time job it is J K, thank you very much for coming on thank yeah, you thanks for so
1: much us. for having us it's always fun talking to you
0: yeah can't wait for you to come on again and yeah we will see you next time Two, three, four if I want your
2: opinion, I will give it to you.
1: Come on, check what we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us get a spark and force me.